and Diana, thank you so much for uh, just sharing uh, your story. And um, it is a it is a real blessing to be at uh, Twilliger Community Church, and just uh, want to thank Pastor Ken and his team for having us here, and uh, um, and, and Randy even making it possible, and uh, and just so so blessed to be here. And um, it is good. Everybody found it okay. I just love this church. It's right in the community, and uh, it's right in the community of people, and uh, God is so good. Um, my name's Travis, and uh, I just, I'm going to share just what God's put on my heart tonight. Um, uh, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that you have something for each person here tonight. God, there's a, that a fire would burn tonight in each one's heart that comes into this place, God. God, we pray for an undeniable move of your spirit. God, we thank you that you already have moved and you already have spoken. And we just, we just thank you for that, God. We thank you that God of the universe cares about us. And God, we want to have a hunger for you more than we have. We want more of you, God. We want to follow you. We want to follow you. I will follow you. God, just show us what it means to be a follower of Christ. Jesus name. Amen. I just want to share tonight some words I will follow and uh I believe this is what God's just been speaking about and and for our community and you know Jesus is what it's all about. It it has to be about Jesus and the presence of God and knowing him more. Um you know to follow Jesus when I read the gospels it's not a light task. Uh, the words about following Jesus are pretty intense. They're pretty radical. Uh, they're pretty extreme. I mean, he says, drop all you're doing. Don't get the blessing of your parents. I mean, d- just just go, for, follow me. I mean, when he calls the disciples, it, it's radical. And and there's this radical, there's this, there's this craziness to the gospel that it, it's not comfortable. It ruffles feathers. It makes you go, and, uh, I don't know if that applies to today. <laughs> You know, that's what I read when some of those passages, you know, they call them, some of them, the hard sayings of Jesus. And they're hard. And, um, you know, the disciples, they follow Christ. They leave it a hall. They do it. They follow Him. Uh, you know, in the Bible, it, it, believe in me is said by Jesus five times in the Gospels. Follow me is 20 times. You know, I, I think you have to have belief and you have to have follow. And it's like the heart and lungs. They work together. You can't have one without the other. And, you know, following is part of believing, but to truly believe is to follow. And so, what does it mean to follow? I want to look at that tonight. There has to be this desire to follow, and I I believe tonight that God wants us to have more of Him. And and I feel like this is a night where, you know, like the pool of Bethesda, where there's that stirring. God wants to stir in our hearts tonight. He wants to stir a hunger in our community, a hunger in this city for more of Him. There's more of God for us to experience. There's more. There's more. And, and, and would we be closer to Him, you know, to not just know about Him, but to know Him intimately. And I, I just believe God wants to say that to each of us tonight. Where we're at with Him, He wants to know us even more. He wants to go deeper than where you're at with Him. He wants to draw you closer. And number one in, in following, I will follow, is there's a call. You know, the first time we hear God speak in the book of Mark, He says in Mark 1, 14 to 15, repent and hear the good news. You know, the word gospel actually means heralding, proclaiming good news. 
It's good news. You know, other religions are basically manuals, rules, how you can, how you can connect with God. But the Bible, uh, Christianity is totally different. This is what's been done in history. This is what Jesus did on the cross. This is how Jesus lived and died and earned a way to God for you. There's no manual. There's no procedure. It's accepting Christ. It's accepting what Jesus' history has done. See, the gospel is that God connects to you not on what you have to do or what you haven't done, but what Jesus did for us. And and there just has to be a reality where we go, okay, God, I hear your call. And the call that that God has for us is would we follow. It's to hear the good news, to to call to follow the king. And Jesus selects, you know, 12 disciples to follow him. He immediately calls these people, leave everything, follow me. You know, in this culture, that wasn't normal. Um, In the culture of the time, a famous teacher, a rabbi, somebody who was who was teaching that people would come and go, hey, rabbi, could I learn from you? Could I learn this from you? You're really good at this. Could I teacher? Could I learn this from you? But in the culture that Jesus was in, that's what was normal. But Jesus was going to people and saying, come, follow me. That wasn't normal. And, you know, yet yet the disciples, they just drop it all. And the reality is tonight, you know, Jesus must call you to follow. And the reality is he does. Each person in this room, me, you, he's saying, will you follow me? I am calling you tonight. When Jesus says to Simon and Andrew, come follow me, they leave their life as fishermen uh, in their boats and go immediately. You know, James and John leave their friends and, and, their, and their father right in the boat and follow Jesus. See, true identity is centered, you know, but did the men ever fish again? Yeah, they went fishing again. Did they ever see their families again? Yeah, the Bible talks about, you know, they went fishing. But that wasn't the point. See, in the culture, what would happen is, um, what Jesus was saying with all that, leave everything and follow me, he was saying um, it was a culture where family was very important. Identity was in family. And, and what God was saying is, I don't want your family to be your identity. I don't want your family to be first. I want me to be first. Will you follow me? See, truly our identity uh, today is definitely centered in many times our career. When I meet someone, did it tonight, I'm like, hey, I'm Travis. What do you do? (laughs) It's the first thing we say. What do you do? What do you do? It's all about what you do. Not who you are. And, 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 And you know, there's this identity and Jesus is saying, follow me. I want priority over your career. Is money, is power your identity? I want priority over that in your life. I want to be number one. Make me the goal of your life, the purpose of your life. That's what we are made for. He he doesn't want to be second to anything else. You know, to say this is a disruptive statement, disruptive is an understatement. I mean, Jesus' words about following aren't status quo living. They are extreme. They are blunt. They, they are disruptive. They ruffle feathers. They're not casual Christianity. You know, Luke 14, 26 reads this. If anyone come to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Big gulps, eh? Like, like that's, that's pretty crazy. Like, I don't know, when I read that, I I have kind of skimmed over that pretty quick. (laughs) I move on to the next verse, you know? Like, anyone, if anyone, 
Uh, that's me and that's you. We fit in the anyone. That's what it means to follow. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And you know, other places in scriptures it says, don't hate your, even your enemies. So what he's saying here is, and, and author Tim Keller says this, Jesus says, I want you to follow me so fully, so intensely, so enduringly, that all other attachments in your life look like hate by comparison. See, if you say, I'll obey you, Jesus, if my career thrives, if my health is good, if my family is together, then the thing that's on the other side of that if is your real master, your, your real goal. But Jesus will not be a means to an end. He will not be used. If he calls you to follow him, he must be the goal. See, we aren't just called to follow some good advice or some good rules or a good law, but a king. A king wants you to follow him. A king is saying, I have authority over everything. I'm your true love. I want to be your identity. I want you to, to, to root in me. You know, Jesus says to us in this room, you know, um, I was thinking this week, you know, about my, I have 11 nieces and nephews. And if I were to tell uh, my, say, seven-year-old niece, I would say, hey, can you write an essay on what um, love and marriage is about? Well, my seven-year-old niece will write a great essay, but she doesn't understand at that age. She won't. It would be pretty funny, I'm sure. And, and she would write it, but it wouldn't be close to reality. And, you know, they, like the disciples said yes to following Jesus, but it was like that. They had no clue. They were like, okay, yeah, we'll follow you, Jesus. Where, where are we going? I don't, I don't know. Like they, they didn't know where the journey was going. And following Jesus is a lot like that. We have no idea where we're going to go. We have no idea what the journey is going to be like. And we have no idea where it's going to take us. But today Jesus says to each of us in this room, to this community, to, to, to the church in Edmonton, He's saying, today follow me, I'll take you on a journey. I don't want you to turn to the left or to the right. I don't want you to uh, do, put anything else first but me. I want you to keep trusting me, to stick with me, uh, not turn back, not give up. Follow me when things are amazing and things are terrible. Turn to me and all your disappointments and injustices. I will take you to places where you'll say, why are you taking me here? I don't get it. And even then, I want you to trust me. See, the call burns tonight to follow. Will we follow him? Number two, it's a, it's a call to hunger, a craving for hunger. Hunger, you know, the uneasy, painful sensation caused by the want of food, a strong desire, a craving, an appetite. You know, hunger is interesting. If we have a, a Big Mac... Um, in the natural, and we have a great Big Mac with the fries and, and maybe two Big Macs, I mean, in two, um, and you have that, you know, you're not hungry anymore. But in the things of God and the spiritual, I believe the more you eat, the hungrier you get. And God wants us to get hungrier for Him. He wants us to be so moved by the heart of God that, you know, hunger moves the heart of God. And he wants us to be hungry for him. You know, I, I was reading, um, you know, Mary, uh, Jesus' mother, is at the wedding of Cana. And, you know, Mary's last words was, do whatever Jesus ever says. And she, he, she said that to the servants. She said that to those servants there. Because she said, Jesus, why don't you know, make, some, make some wine? He goes, dear woman, it's not my time. But then she turns to the servants and says, 
do whatever Jesus says. He just said, no, it's not my time. But I was thinking this week, you know, for 30 years, I mean, she was conceived with Jesus, who's going to be the Son of God. For 30 years, she raised this son. She knew, you know, when he was young, this is the Son of God. You know, when the angel spoke, yes, this is, this is God's Son. But she never saw any of it. She never saw Jesus do anything. You know, there's no account of Jesus doing miracles at age seven. You know, uh, when he was six, he wasn't floating on, walking on the bathtub water. I mean, she never saw it. And, and I can imagine there's a point, and I think of the story, at 30 years old, for 30 years, she did, that hunger inside of her saying, okay, yeah, you disappeared at the temple one day and we lost you and you were confounding people but, when you were 12, but I, we haven't seen you do anything else. And yet I know and I believe and there's a promise on your life and there's thing, but I'm waiting, I'm frustrated, I'm hungry for you to do something, Jesus. And see, Mary pulled into her day what wasn't for her day. It wasn't the time, but it became the time. Jesus said, my time hasn't come, but, but God's cha- heart changed there. Something happened. See, we can pull into our day what isn't meant for our time because of hunger. God hears a heart. You know, Moses said, I'm not going on, God, if you don't come with me. And they have this, like, this, this showdown. You know, God, I need you. Give me your presence, oh God. And, and there's something about hunger. See, there's more. And God wants us to know you can have as much of God as you want. There's more. Be who Jesus says we are. There's more. And you know what? It's possible to press through Jesus and not press into Him. We can press into the things of Jesus. We can press into great acts of, you know, doing church and doing great things in His name. But we can miss Him. In 2004, at the Olympics, Matt Emmons was doing a 50-meter, three-rifle position um, event. And he was one shot away from the gold medal. He had two shots in, and in his two shots, he was like right on the bullseye. And his third shot, he basically just had to hit the paper, and he was going to get the gold medal. And he lined up to shoot at this target. And he shot, and he hit the target. But the problem was, as he was in lane two, and he aimed at target in lane three, he hit the wrong target. And from a gold medal potential he well disqualified on his third shot and he got eighth place because he was shooting at the wrong target we must be about him we must hunger for the right thing him you know in acts one jesus says wait for the holy spirit and there were 500 people present then in acts two they were in an upper room and there was only 120 people 120 people praying for god Together, all together in unity in one place. And the Holy Spirit came. You know, Acts 2 says, A sound like a violent blowing, blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. Thousands of people, the Bible says, in the city. Thousands of people in the city. The same city that crucified Jesus. You know, and, and they dropped what they were doing. They dropped their daily job. They dropped and they came to outside this upper room to see what was going on. You know, and no one knows why the crowd gathered. There was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, there was no Twitter, there was no... Uh, Dean and I are in Africa, and there's these guys in cars, and they have big loudspeakers, and they just drive around and announce events, you know. There was none of that. There was no radio, no TV, nothing. And 3,000 people 
are drawn to the street where this upper room is. Why? Because a sound was released. A sound of a violent rushing wind was released. You know, it was a sound of God. It was a sound that spoke to each person and vibrated the very being of who they've been called to be. And it was just this moment and they didn't understand it, but they gathered because they're just like, what is that sound? My body is vibrating. I'm drawn in my spirit to this sound. There's no logical reason why people would gather. The city was changed. I mean, there was a shift that happened because 120 people were all together in one place praying. Unity was the key. They were all together. God called us, you know, to gather and cry out for Him in unity. This is the heart, you know, why we're here tonight. We represent many churches, parts of this city, parts of this region, but we're all together crying out in unity, Oh God, we want to worship you. We want to love you more. You know, then this crazy manifestations of God are happening. People are speaking in other languages and tongues. And so then Peter has to get up. And he has this urge all of a sudden to preach. The same guy that was a coward, the same guy that uh, denied Christ three times, he gets up. And, you know, he didn't even have to preach much message. All he really had to do was explain what was happening. You know, then the people, after he explained what was going on, the people asked him, what must we do? <laughs> you know, there was no like, okay, there's four things you need. He, they, people were asking him, okay, now what do we do? And he's like, okay, get saved. See, when God moves, we just need to explain what he's doing. It's him that does it. We don't save people. We just point to him when we follow him. You know, and then, and then a few years go by. Miracles are happening. A city is being shaken for him. But in Acts 4, they're in a prayer meeting. And, and Peter's there and it says, After they prayed where they were, the meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word boldly. You know, their expression of being filled with God the first time brought them back to hungering for more of God. They got filled, and then they wanted more. You know, Peter's refilled. You know, Bill Johnson says, need to live in such a way we give away all we get while our capacity for Him increases. You know, as a leadership team of resurgence, we really sense the Lord leading us to make more room for Him. And, um, you know, to not get worried about the doing. Oh, what do we have to do as resurgence? But... God, we just want to be hungry for your presence. God, it's about your presence. And so we, we just really felt the call these 14 days, starting Monday, of going, well, you know, not out of religious duty or anything like that, but just like as a community in Edmonton, we want to gather in wherever you are and, and just believe and pray that God would just give us more of him. I'm so hungry for more of Him. I just want more of Him in my life, in the city, in the churches of this region. Uh, you know, maybe you're a pastor here tonight. I, I want more of God in your church. I want more of God in your ministry. I want more of God in every person connected to us. And, and that's the heart of it. And so, you know, Dean and them are going to be sharing on, on, on Monday just about prayer and fasting. And I just encourage you, would you pray about getting involved in some way? Maybe it's just fasting something small. Um, I am terrible with Dean about fasting. If there's an altar call for bad fasters, I, I think I'm worse than him. I am terrible at fasting. I parked the last time, one time I did three-day fast. I went to Pizza 73 on uh, day two, 
and I walked in, smelt the pizza, walked out. Oh, I can't do it. No, I can't do it. Then I walked back in just to smell again, and then I ordered a pizza, but then I canceled the pizza. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want that. And, and then I'm like, okay, I have to get out of here. So I left. No word of a lie. Went to Starbucks because I was, I was like, it's okay to drink. You got to drink liquids. So, so I got a Vente Tazo Chai, no water with whole milk. They had whole milk at the time, you know, which didn't really help. It was great for the first hour, but then after my stomach's like in full, like, like hunger mode then, and it just made it worse. And, and that's, that's how I fast. And, and so, but there's no guilt and there's no, uh, so you may say it's hard to fast. Yeah, it is hard, but I just want to do anything that gets me closer to God. And, and the spiritual discipline of fasting and prayer is key to, to uh, you know, more of God. God, I want to make time for you. Whatever that looks like for you. It's not out of law, but it's a desire for more of Him. It has to be about Him. See, are you hungry tonight? I was walking on Sunday, uh, coming from church. I was walking on Jasper Avenue, and I was just, I was just, I was yelling out. If you would have seen me, it was freezing cold, and I, there was these closed-down shops along the side. And I was just saying, looking at the buildings, I saw the Epcor building, and I just said, "God, I want more of you." Like in this city, we need more of you. If people would have an encounter with you, everything would be changed. Like, God, when will you bring an awakening to Edmonton? When will you do something in Canada? God, it's time. I'm just, I'm hungry for God. Are you hungry for Him? Are you hungry for Him at your workplace? Are you hungry for Him in your church? Are you hungry for Him in your, at Starbucks? Are you hungry for Him in, in your coming and your going? You know, are we hungry for more of Him? To follow Him, it means to be hungry. There's a stirring. Tonight, you know, we're going to pray at the end for everyone that wants prayer. And I just feel God just wants to stir a hunger in all of us. As a community, you know, when we worship, like, like you know, could we, could we enter in on the first note instead of wait for 50 notes later? Like, like something where there's such a vibration. Because you know what? Like if the sound of God were to come, a city could be saved. God, I want to be together. I want united. And that's the heart of resurgence. Gathering, calling people to be in unity together. We want to see God move in this nation. Number three, there's a cost. And it's to accept the cost. Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow Him. That means to die. And you know, the cost is us. You know, He paid the price on the cross, but we have to give Him us. You know, Mark 8.34 says, If anyone would come after me, he has to take up his cross. Again, he said, if anyone. I fit into anyone. You fit into anyone. You know, C.S. Lewis says this in Mere Christianity. He says, Christ says this to us. Give me all. I don't want too much of your time or so much of your money or so much of your work. I want you. I've not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here or a branch there. I want to have the whole tree down. I don't want to drill the tooth or crown it or stop it, but have it completely out. You know, it's a call to die to self, to give up something you weren't created to be in the first place. He didn't create you for you, but you for him. See, following Jesus will cost you something. 
There's no way to follow Him without it interfering with our lives. There's no way for, to, to pursue God, to go after God without it affecting us. Paul says the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.18 See, what does it mean to lose your life for the gospel in order to save it? You know, every culture points to certain things and says, if you gain these, if you acquire that, if you achieve all of these things, you'll have self and you'll be valuable. Some cultures say, you know, nobody, you're nobody unless you have the legacy, you have the family and the children, and, and it's about family and it's about relationship. Other cultures, you know, and I think the cultures we live in a lot say, you're nobody unless you achieve a career that brings money, reputation, status, power. Move up the corporate ladder. See, we believe the lie of the evil one again, you know, who you are. Uh, one, you know, it's, it's what you do. So the more you do, the better you are. Every culture says, you know, your identity is performance-based and achievement-based. But Jesus is saying that won't work. That's what he's saying here. He's saying it won't work. I'm telling you it won't work, he's saying. The whole system is flawed. No matter if you gain the world, it won't be big enough or bright enough to cover up the need for him. No matter of all the things that you could gain, it would never be enough to make you sure of who you are. If you are built on an identity, well, if somebody loves me, or if I have a good career, or if I have lots of money, and anything goes wrong, you fall apart. You feel like you don't have a self. See, it's radical to follow Him. And you know, we can't now go, oh, well, you know, you can't say this, oh, well, I've been immoral, I'm a sinner, I'm a failure, I'm going to go to church and be a good spiritual person. I'm going to be a moral person. You know, I'm, I'm a good person and, and I'm going to, you know, I'm spiritual. See, when Jesus says, what Jesus says to that is, I don't want you to shift from one performance mindset to another. Your identity isn't based on your performance. I want you to find a new way. I want you to find, lose the old self, lose the old identity and, 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 and base it on the gospel. Yeah, April 14th, we're having Dr. Simon Shea, and Dr. Simon Shea is going to come and share on, share on shame and purity. See, there's no shame. And he believes that shame is key to, to a lot of addictions that we have in pornography and all sorts of addictions that, that we, it's because we feel shame and we try to cover this up. And, 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 it's, and, it's, and so he just really believes it's about shame, breaking off shame. And so he's going to share. And we just believe that's key for our community. That's key for our city. It's key for the body. To, 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 who are we in Christ? Who are you made to be? See, Jesus paid the cost by sending His Son. Jesus went to the cross to lose His identity. So we can have one. You know, Jesus is hanging on that tree, that, that cross. He is so marred. He is so beaten. He is so deformed that they say He didn't even look like. Like He was so, He lost what He even looked like. His identity. He looked, Jesus needed to look like something He wasn't so we can be something. 
And, and we have an identity in Him. See, it's when we see the love of God that we have an identity. That we go, this is who we are. This is who you made to be. And the cost is to accept that. It's paid by Christ. And to surrender our hearts, our lives. Number four, it's a commitment. It's a commitment. And uh, I want to invite the band back if you can, just play or whatever. Man, I just so appreciate. Thank you so much for being and and um, here. And, um, you know, I can feel a call to go get fit. I, I can go, oh, well, I've eaten too many mini eggs, which are amazing. Um, I'm addicted. I bought a big bag, and then I had to give it away. Otherwise, it would have been crushed in about two hours. Um, and I can say, okay, well, I'm eating too many mini eggs. I need to go to the gym. I can feel the call to go to the gym. I need to go. I can go down the Snap Fitness, Gold's Gym, Good Life, wherever, uh, and I can sign up for a three-year membership, even get a T-shirt. I can go and get brand-new sneakers, and I can get all this stuff, but the reality is, if it stops there, what's the point? And many times we can, you know, hear the call. We can pay, oh yeah, we understand the cost we give ourselves, but we have no follow-through. We don't have a commitment. See, we can feel the call, we can be hungry for Him, yet we don't follow through, then we don't really follow. And God wants to birth the people that are committed that stand behind their word. Their word means what their word says. They, they, they stand behind it. See, it's intense to follow Christ. It's leaving a legacy. It's uncomfortable. It's urgent. You know, Jesus says, come and I can't promise you anything. Leave it all. Leave everything and follow me. Build an eternal wealth. You know, it's easy to say, well, maybe tomorrow I'll follow. It's like the addict saying, that's tomorrow I'll quit. One more, one more hit, and then tomorrow I'll, I'll quit. Jesus is saying tonight, are you committed? Are you committed? See, Jesus left and, and said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Only a quarter of the people waited. 500, and then there was 120. Do you trust him? It's more than one great night at an altar and a theme of resurgence. It's, it's more than just coming and responding, but it's how you live tomorrow. How do you live this out every day? How do we live different? Like Diana, amazing story of how God's call. you know, you just heard God. It's hard. It's hard to know, okay, God, is this your voice? What are you saying? And, and then it's another thing. How do, we, how do we do it? You know, it's another thing than knowing what we should do, but then actually doing it and following through. We live in a world that is performance-based as well. There's a pressure on each one of us. Whether we choose to follow Christ and we choose to be committed, we're like, yeah, we're not in that system. Yet we live in a world that is in that system. We go to jobs that are in that system where people are, are every day trying to get more money, 
trying to get a higher job, trying to move up the corporate ladder, uh, trying to see significance in relationships. And there's this pressure of competition, a peer pressure of, oh, you know, when I'm with certain people that I was telling my friend this last night, when I'm certain people that just talk about all their businesses and their money and stuff, I leave there going, oh, I need to start like three businesses. And I leave there with just like, I need to buy a lottery ticket. And like, it's just this, I feel the pull of it. And we live in that world. And yet God's saying, follow me. Consumerism. We live in a world of consumerism. You know, we we make the consumer happy is what our world mindset is, you know. And we drag this into the church, unfortunately. And many times we come to be fed, we come to be cared for, we come for the pastor to talk to us. We come because we want to feel connected in a group and we're waiting for someone to invite us to a group and and we're waiting, you know, we come because there's music that we like and there's activities like we like to do. But then, if we don't like it, what do we do? We, We go, oh, well, it's not good there. No one's talking to me. I don't feel connected. The pastor's not preaching what I like him to preach. The music's not my style. So now we've got to find another church. And and you know what? I would say, listen to what God's calling, but may I suggest to you, maybe the pastor's praying for you to come and say, hey, can I help you? I see there's a need for community. Will you step up? Maybe the pastor's been calling out for someone like you. Maybe maybe it's not about leaving to another church because it's this consumerism, but saying, I'm going to be planted and I'm going to serve you, whether I am being fed or not. Because, you know, the Bible talks about milk. You know, babies are fed milk. But the meat is, you know, we can feed ourselves a meat. Sometimes it's not about us. It's about him, isn't it? And so this consumerism, You know, we put an emphasis on two hours on a Sunday to change the world, but we're called to change the world every day. It's not the pastor's job to change the world. It's our job because the pastor isn't the church. We are the church. And we're called to reach this world. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus every day. I want to close tonight. I I was on a way to Penticton, um, a couple weeks ago, I had a privilege to go speak, and I'm on a WestJet flight, and I'm flying, and I didn't realize I'm stopping in Calgary. And I stop, and they pick up some more people. I can't get off, and I'm in the bulkhead. The first, uh, th- there's three seats in my little section, and I'm right at the front, and I'm in the middle seat. And so I asked the stewardess, hey, can I move to the side seat? And they're like, no, no, it's, it's a full flight. And so as I'm sitting there, just kind of praying about that evening, praying about, you know, God, what do you want to say to these people in Penticton, God? Just just like, I want to spend some time with God. And I'm just, you know, there. These two individuals come on each side of me. And um, I, I really was feeling for them because they, they were, um, they, they needed two seats, really, both of them. And so they, they, they were like, hey, is there any other seats on this plane? Could I move? They're asking to move because they felt uncomfortable and conscious about their weight and conscious about, hey, and so they needed extender belts. And, and so they're getting this and I'm sitting there. And, and so, and, you know, I was feeling for them and also feeling them at the same time. And so I went into the tuck position, like, you know, when you ski, 
you kind of go tuck. So I like pull the shoulders in so that I'm not feeling them so much anymore. And I'm just trying to be, you know, just on my phone and, and reading the scripture and praying and, and I'm tucked in, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, it's an hour flight. I could tuck for an hour, you know, it's all good. And then um, the lady asked again, hey, can I move? And they're like, no, it's a full flight. And then all of a sudden, uh, somebody didn't show up. And so the stewardess comes to me and says, could you move two rows back? Oh, sure, great. So I get up, I move, and uh, everyone's happy. And I sit down beside this girl, and I call her Megan. And she goes, yeah, I missed my flight this morning. I'm going to see my dad in Penticton. I missed my flight. And uh, I had to pay $330, and then I was bored, so I went in and I bought this book, Malcolm Gladwell, Face the Art of Facing Giants, David and Goliath. It was $32. I'm like, wow, that's expensive. And she's like, so what do you do? And so I told her what I was doing. And, and then it just like, there was this moment where I've been on a lot of planes, I've talked, and people aren't talkative. This was, there was something going on. Like, I'm like, okay, she wants to talk. And I said, oh, so what's the giant you're facing? And she says, well, my employer. I have been um, physically, emotionally abused by an older guy that I work for. It's a big company, and I've had to, I'm going maybe to the Supreme Court. And, like, I, I have to get what's been wrong to me right and she, so she's not working. She's 27 years old. She's on this plane. And she said, uh, so I just said, well, do you think, you know, if you beat them, if you, if you get it, do you think you'll ever get back? Do you think you'll ever beat that giant? And she goes, well, I think so. And I said, what about the giants in your heart? And then all of a sudden it got into when she was bullied as a kid. And, and the funny thing was, is three days before I was in a session where I was talked about, um, they were talking, uh, Pastor Dave was leading it and, and talking about grief and how to know if someone's in post-traumatic stress. And I said, I think you have post-traumatic. She goes, I was just diagnosed that on Tuesday. And, and I said, I think you're not healthy. And she goes, no, I'm not healthy. And I said, I think God like put us together in this flight. And she goes, oh yeah, well, I believe in the secret. And Eckerd Tolly or whatever, she started naming this. And I said, oh, yeah, well, I believe in Jesus. And I just want to I want to tell you about him. And so we talked the whole time. I mean, I don't know who was listening around, but it got, she started to cry. Uh, it was just God was on that plane and, and got to minister to her and just say, listen, I want to encourage you tonight to invite God. And meanwhile, I'm going, I need to be working on my message. I need to be doing this stuff, you know. But we're committed every day. We're committed to live it out. And so as we're getting off the plane, I said, hey, I'm going to be praying. And, and it was just with this moment with this, you could tell it was a divine moment. And I'm about to say, listen, I just don't think this is an accident that you sat, we sat beside each other. And as I'm about to say that, she goes, you know, I was just thinking, I know why I spent $342 and then $32 on this book today and missed my flight was because I was supposed to sit beside you and hear you talk about Jesus. And I'm like, you said it, not me, but yeah. And so I went and got my bag. I said goodbye to her. I'm getting my bag. She's on the other side of the carousel. She gets her bag, then comes over again. I just want to thank you. I want to say that was really great what happened on the plane. And I'm going to, I'm going to think about what you said. And I was like, wow, God, every day, every day we're committed to following you. And I got to the Penticton, the pastor, and I said, yeah, I'm kind of done. I think I've done what I'm supposed to do. I could go back now, you know. But 
every day. Let me just close our eyes in this place. God, I thank you for the call to follow. God, it's intense. God, it's it's crazy, God. It's it's God, the words that you call us to do to there's a call, God, to follow you. There's a hunger involved. There's there's a cost, God, and there's commitment. And God, we just Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to speak to each person in this place tonight. God, that you would call us again, God. That we would hear the calling to follow so clear in our hearts. That first love, God. Tonight, with your eyes closed, head bowed, if you're in this place and you um, don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you may know a lot about him, but you'd say, I don't know him. I want to give that opportunity tonight. This could be your moment. Your moment to forever be changed. That moment that Megan on that plane has hopefully come to. And if that's you tonight, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's that's my that's my time. I want to know him. If that's you, just raise your hand in this place. Yeah, Jesus Secondly, I just, uh, tonight we're going to open the altars tonight. And um, to follow him is not easy. And um, God's calling us for more of him, that a hunger would stir in us. more of him, you know, like Mary for 30 years didn't see Jesus do anything was just waiting for that promise waiting, she was so hungry and I just believe as a, as a, as a, a community God wants to stir a hunger as a church in Edmonton, God wants to stir a hunger such a hunger for His presence, such a hunger for holiness, a hunger to, 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 to seek God, a hunger to be all in. And it's not an easy call, it's not a light call, and it's not something to take lightly. It's, it'll change everything. It'll mean putting off things, it'll mean, it'll mean changing priorities, it'll mean... Shedding our values where we our identity isn't on stuff, but it's in Him. Today, we're going to open altars, but before that, I just if you feel like your identity has been in a lot of other things, but is not rooted in what God wants you to be rooted in, in Him, that you've put a lot of other things first, whether it be career or relationships or whatever that may be, family, then God wants to become first tonight in your relationship with Him.
So if that's you, I just want you to stand. Just say, yeah, tonight it's first. stand, I'm going I'm to just actually invite you just to come to the altar. And I want the prayer team, there's some people that are going to help with prayer tonight and, and uh, just just come and, and you can just, just pray. But if, if, if that's you standing, just come and just, just come to the altar. God, for every person that's standing tonight, for every person that's sitting and saying, I don't know if I should stand, but I know I need to stand, God. For for every person here tonight, God, where we have put things first, we have put our, our value, our, we, we've based it on performance or achievement, God, I break that off in Jesus' name. God, that we are not valuable, we are not, we are not uh, found in you because of what we do or what we haven't done, but God, I thank you it's because of the cross of Calvary. God, I thank you it's because you've given us a new identity in your son Jesus, that him dying has, has, has given us new life and new purpose and new hope. And so, God, I break off every, oh, God, every mindset, every everything, whether it be about career or money or power or relationship, God, where we have made that our identity, God, we break that off and that our identity would be firmly rooted in you tonight. Yeah. Yeah. God, we break off. I, I just, I feel like there's even, even especially some girls where your identity and, and, and how you look and, and some things about looks and magazines and just the image. And, and God's breaking that off and he's just calling forth, you're a daughter of him. You're beautiful in God's eyes. And there's just, God's setting you free from that, that striving, this image. And, and God's just breaking that mindset off in Jesus' name. God, I thank you. It's not works. It's not what we do or we don't do. But God, it's who we are in you. You paid for us. Yeah. Why don't we all all stand up? Amanda's going to just lead us, if that's okay, in a minute here. And and we're just going to, we're going to open the altars. And if you're just hungry for God, if you're hungry for His presence, if you're hungry to meet for God, we want to pray for you. Uh, we just want to experience God together. That's the heart. And uh, following is about hunger. And so there's going to be stuff at the back, and, and you're formally dismissed if you have to go. And thank you so much for coming. But can I encourage you, don't just leave off, because sometimes we, we speed out the door so quick. and. Don't miss having a moment with God tonight. He just wants to meet with you. So God, I pray for a hunger to arise in our community. I pray for a hunger to rise in the city. 
I pray for a hunger to arise in Jesus' name. I pray for hunger for the things of you. God, I pray for a hunger for your word, a hunger to spend time with you, not out of duty, but God, of a love for you, out of just an intimate knowledge of you, God, that we'd want to go deeper. God, put in us in a passion for your word, a passion to pray, a passion to worship like never before, like Amanda shared about getting into a new position even to worship God, that you would stretch us out of our comfort zones and we would be so uh, just so sold out to you God we would follow you God everything else would seem like hate in comparison that we would be so passionate about you and about your kingdom God birth a hunger inside of us birth a hunger that can't be quenched birth a hunger for righteousness a hunger God, we want more. We're not satisfied with just a little song and a little dance. We want more. We want more of you. We want more of you in our workplaces. We want more of you in our city. We want more of you in our communities. We want more of you. More. Thank you, Lord. So the altars are open if you just want to come.